Welcome to the Black Hat Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And today, actually, this has been like a year old. I've been trying to make mm-hmm, this happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have Andeni here. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for coming on the Black Hat Podcast. It is so my pleasure. Uh, and also, you can call me Anne Helga, actually. You know what? It's <laughs> funny because like, you sent me an email and I was like, I was like, "What's who is this person? I don't know who this person is." And then I checked, and it was like you. I was like, "Oh, so what's the story behind I, like the change?" Um, I literally just changed all of my social media. Like it's never been coordinated before, but it's all Angelica, and it's because it's my middle name, oh. and I'm like reclaiming it. Like I used to feel kind of shy or embarrassed about Helga as my middle name Mm -hmm. and not tell people. Um, But then I got invited to uh, perform at Mosaic Festival. Mm -hmm. And it's such like an identity forward event. And I felt safe to be like, this is who I am. Like my ancestors came from Iceland about a hundred years ago. You know, it was my great grandfather, Helgi, who I'm named after. Mm. So once I started to have the courage to sing in Icelandic and I actually felt more comfortable it was really strange I was like kind of being more freestyle or something uh then I realized oh I want to tell everyone that my name is Anne Helga so it's a beautiful name (laughs) thank you and now you're super coordinated right because like like yeah you have to make your Spotify your Instagram and your everything (laughs) the same thing because, like, you know, you want to say, uh, check me on your uh, socials at Anne Helga. It's all there. Like, literally, the, my only holdout is um, YouTube because YouTube still has, like, Andy Jazz or something. And I'm just like, okay, I need 100 subscribers. I got another 20 in the last day because nice. I just, like, asked everyone. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's going to – but everything else is Anne Helga. And, yeah, it feels good. It feels right. Does Helga mean something? Uh, I don't remember. It. I think it's something to do with grace. Oh, heaven. yeah, like heavenly or grace. Yeah, and, and it I sounds Viking. Yes. Anyway, Super you know. Icelandic. Yeah, you know why? Why I'm I'm gonna go on a very crazy tangent now. Oh, okay. But like, I watch too much TV uh-huh. for some reason. That's a good thing. But there's a show I'm watching now called Nurse Man. Oh, and yeah. I cannot recommend it enough. Like, it isn't, oh, it's it's gosh. like, you've seen it. I've heard about it. Everyone's like, you have to watch this. Yeah, well, everyone that says you have to watch Nurse Man is right. it's not too serious or something? It's, like, it's, it's, it's like... It's so it's like Vikings, the okay. the TV show, but it's like a spoof of Vikings, but it's not also a spoof because okay. uh, it's, it's it's intelligent, but it's also dumb, but it's like really uh, really smart, but it's like really funny fun. and okay. it's like weird and okay. it's like interesting and it's it. it's crazy. <laughs> You know, I am 100% watching that. Like, right anyway, away. so so that's where, um, you know, <laughs> like now I was on the Viking. I've been on the Viking yes, trend. Yes, I have watched. And now, yeah, okay. Now, now it's like I'm watching those men and I can't get enough of it. Okay. I'm like, I, I, I want to. So, so this is how good this show is. Okay. I want to do everything. Yeah. And get done in time just so I can go and watch Norseman. That's how good it oh, is. Oh, that is a sign. Yeah, it's so good. 
anyway, okay, okay. I, I'm not gonna spoil it, but the whole the the background of it is there's this village called Nordheim. Okay. And there, there's this guy, like his brother is the chieftain of this place, okay. and his brother is a cool warrior and and stuff. Mm. But he's like lame, and nobody <laughs> likes him, and like everybody, like I mean, on his wedding night, yeah, like he couldn't get a best man, right? oh, you know, yeah. Oh, so, but but this, but so then, but then there's like oh. But then there's a there's there's a slave from Rome and oh, there's there's okay. like a volunteer slave there. It's 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 anyway, tangent done. That sounds trippy <laughs> and Ta- awesome. It's it's cool. So uh, I remember the very mm-hmm. first time I met you, it was yeah. at CKDU. I was coming That's to my right. show and you were like a, 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 a guest on the show before mine. Mm-hmm. And it was like just was it for Halifax Pop Explosion or Ben, what yeah. was I doing? I don't. I literally don't even. No, no, it was for the jazz fest. Oh yeah, yeah. It was yes. when I was saying a set. I did a tribute to Edith Piaf, so like French music mm. last summer for the jazz festival, and that was really fun. Yeah, yeah. I said it's been a year. I've that. been trying to make this happen. I know. <laughs> I'm so grateful to be here. So um, yeah. let's start with you. Like, so as a singer, how mm-hmm. did it all begin? I started singing. I guess actually in church in London, Ontario, mm. when I was really little, I would sing in chapel at like the 9 a.m. service. Like, <laughs> little lamb who made thee. Like, just like really gentle. And, like, and then uh, I was taking piano lessons, but I wouldn't practice. So I was like, mom and dad, I want to take voice lessons. So they let me switch to that oh. when I was like 12. And then I pretty much just took voice lessons straight through for the rest of the decades of my life. Um, and I've done a lot of different genres. Like I, uh, so I grew up listening to my dad's um, kind of like garage rock industrial band called the Luddites. The Luddites. Which was quite the experience. Just like kind of wild 80s stuff. And then uh, I, I went to Toronto to do a master's degree. But the whole time and I was what? there... It was in um, sociocultural anthropology, actually. So what was your first degree in? Uh, it was called, my first degree was at Western and it was called a Scholar's Electives. What was... I was a total nerd. Like I was just like reading books, like walking to the university in my Doc Martens, just like, Whoa. yeah, no, it took, it kind of took moving to Toronto to come out of my shell because I started playing in this indie rock band called the Airfields. Were you, did you play any instruments or just? I learned to play organ so that I could be in the band. Oh, so you should have taken those piano lessons, eh? Right? Like suddenly I'm there like, okay, I can do these chords, like pop, like whatever, you know? Four five one. So, um, yeah, and then I was taking my classical singing pretty seriously in Toronto too. I was doing some operatic competitions, so that was fun. Wait, 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 wait. So, <laughs> you know, the only place I know. So I watch again a lot of TV. Okay. But America's Got Talent. That's mm-hmm. where I see people like do opera like competitively. But like, I didn't know there were competitions for. Oh yeah, there's this whole classical circuit. It's usually um, there'll be. It's not always through Kiwanis, but it's kind of like the Kiwanis vibe where you go and you sing your aria and then someone basically marks you and gives you feedback and tells Wait, you. Wait, how did they score? Is it how you know that stuff? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did like, they literally. score it? 
I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of different factors, like the tone quality of your voice and what? your diction and like how precise you're doing musically. And, so like yeah. what experience do you have to be to be a judge on something like that? Oh, I think you have to you have to learn classical singing for a long time and then you can start to like teach it and judge it. And <laughs> Anyway, so, so, so you did this thing. Yeah, so um, I would sing in competitions and I was also singing uh, jazz with a lot of like Humber College kids at these different venues all around Toronto. Mm. So I was like, whew, I was just maxing out on as much music as possible. Why? Uh, well, because that's the thing I loved the most. Mm. Like, it was fine. I actually really did love doing all the reading for the sociocultural anthropology degree. Mm -hmm. It was a specialty in medical anthropology, actually. So I was comparing... What is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was comparing systems of, of health cross-culturally. Holy shit. So, yeah, like, how how do they treat sick people in this exactly. place? Exactly. Like, certain eras in China, the doctor would only be paid if the patients were well that year. That is what they should do! <laughs> Moving forward, good, right? because it's like, this, you know what, like, I mean, I mean, we are kind of lucky in Canada that you can just go to the hospital, but, oh, yeah, we're but like, yeah. but like, really, man, I know, I mean, that blew my mind. Yeah, I, I have, a, I have a friend like in the US okay. and like, they have to kind of play kind of like a fucked up Russian oh, yeah. roulette with, okay, so if I take this medicine, yeah. I'm going to be okay for six days. Right. But if I take this one, I'll be okay for two days. Wow. But I'm not going to have money for, like, it's exactly It's crazy. Like, I know. I broke a bone one time. I was working for this kind of shishi camp in Pennsylvania. And I broke my finger. And they were so legit mad at me. Like, because it was going to cost them money. Like, yeah. they were like, now our premiums are going up. <laughs> I was like, oh. I'm not used to this being, like, a moral dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> to, like, get ill. But anyways. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, that yeah. should be the thing. But but like wait though, how we'll would it define them. how uh, a person is well? That's true. Like, are they in a good mood? Like, are they <laughs> mentally well? Like, oh man, that's fascinating. Why would you decide to study that? Uh, why was I into it at the time? It was my own personal health journey. I actually had a like a lot of different hard to understand, just like little allergies or like mood and wellness stuff. So, and I did discover like I studied uh, traditional food ways and found out about like fish oil supplementation like ten years before it was a thing. Like mm. people would be like, "Ooh, you take fish oil? It's like, good for your brain." Like, and uh, yeah, I just like it was my own, and I got really into fermented foods and how it's really good for your guts and your bioflora. So. Yeah, I think that's what led me in that direction. The mm. actual uh, project was that I did was on uh, the semiotics of milk marketing and production in modern times. So, so like you talk about I, yogurt I really... and do you, but uh, like do you yeah. talk about like <laughs> almond milk and, and stuff like that or? I feel like I sh if I went back to that project, I would definitely look at it now because yeah, we define anything that's like solids that are suspended in a liquid as milk, but there's like all this metaphorical stuff around like motherhood and just the way that it was controlled. And, you know, with Louis Pasteur, we had to start pasteurizing everything. It's the only food product that has to be cooked in order to be sold. So, or I don't know, don't quote me on that, but it's one of the few. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so um, unless it's, you know, been, and there's like wild stuff that happens where like SWAT teams will come into uh, small organic farms because they were not pasteurizing the milk before they what sold the it. What the hell? There's this whole underground, like I, yeah, I used to have like a mailing list and we would come out in support of these farmers and 
So, I don't know. It's just like a big part of my life. That I know you. I, I, I never talk like, about. I can't I believe I'm telling you. Well, that is what the Blockout Podcast is <laughs> awesome, about. Because, awesome. you know, I, I set up the podcast because, like, everybody knows everyone, usually for yes. one or two things. They this know, like, true. and then he sings. Yeah. But, like, I'm you know, they won't know the Helga thing or town. the, like, like you do the um, yeah. hospital thing. Yeah. So, okay. what a Blockout Podcast is hmm, like, cool. we block out the thing everybody knows and we shine the lights on the things. <gasps> people don't know so that's what the name really is about anyway so <laughs> like yeah and then you do all this reading mm-hmm. how do you have time to sing with all these humble kids you say i know yeah it's well it did take me one extra semester to finish my but like, master's but i did finish exactly it. um yeah everyone would kind of tease me they're like it seems like you're doing everything other than your school but i mean it was the school of life it was really amazing i heard a lot of good concerts i missed a couple too like arcade fire was just starting up and doing like these little like hidden shows where it was like mock funerals or something and <laughs> i was like oh i'm too busy you know what i mean like i didn't even know didn't even know but um yeah some of my favorite bands who like the hidden cameras that's a good band from that year yeah. we were such tough audiences and like young toronto indie kids like we would just stand there like, <laughs> that's we mean. so bad we were but, so like, bad. even if the song is we're good like, we're judging you <laughs> even if the song, if is the song good? was good we would stay oh uh... <laughs> <laughs> but there were a few bands where we just have these big sweaty dance parties and yeah, it was fun. I lived in Kensington Market and just was kind of so. So you finish your masters and mm-hmm. you're in this band. Yeah. And like, did you write any songs for the band or you just played? Ooh, no, I was writing a lot and I would not show them to anyone. Why? It's like mm, it's like getting your own voice out there, mm. you know. It's just a little or like I would, you know, like one. Okay, my one friend Jason Dole, he's a great musician. He does stuff at York University now. Uh, he came over and I was teaching him voice, and he was teaching me guitar. And I'd be like, Jason, can I can I play you a song? And I would literally sing it so quietly. <laughs> he'd be like <laughs> leaning in. Like, he'd be like, oh, I, can't, I can't really hear what you're doing. And I was like, okay, oh, that's fine. Whatever. Like, I just like leave it. So, yeah, I got the fever to start expressing myself, but I wasn't showing anyone. So what was the fire that made you show Whoa. someone? happened well so okay so jump a few years i had i had started my own translation business to support myself translating between french and english Uh, oh what you you like uh, how where where does this french come from because like (laughs) i went to french immersion oh okay i spent a year in france for university so oh no wait 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 wait, wait. (laughs) so you did what did you do in france uh, I was studying philosophy and anthro, and man, you're so interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. I've done a lot of Because I was like, oh man, things. this lady, she sings, and you know, she has the wild hair. Well, yeah, but right. Like, like, oh, the wild hair is better. <laughs> so, 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 you did one year in France yeah, doing that philosophy, was really fun. and I sang in a choir. It was so hard to meet French people. Like, they just, like, leave at the end of events. Like, it's not, like, North America. People are not like, oh, you're new here. Like, it was just like, boom, I'm on my moped. I'm at my next thing. So, luckily, this one girl, like, two or three months in, Mm. um, she mistook me for being German. And she herself was studying German. So, she starts, like, trying to talk to me in German. And I was like, "Um, nope. (laughs) Nope. Definitely can't speak German. I'm Canadian. And then she just thought it was so hilarious that... That, like there's this like Canadian anyway so she was my entree into and then I had this kind of 
I'm going to call them a posse. <laughs> like, 12 friends. And we all hung out and we would walk in the French countryside together singing in harmony from our like choir. <laughs> It was too good. It was too good. Like the sun would come through the clouds and someone would be like, oh, look, it's God. And like, we would like keep singing. And I was just like, that's it. I'm never leaving. So yeah, it was good. It was a good year. Okay, I'm so, still in touch with some of those. Oh, nice that was beautiful. Yeah. You did a year. You came back. Mm-hmm. And then was you I found do? your voice then or was it well, in Toronto? Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was definitely, it was more in Toronto. Like mm. it was, I learned that it's really nice to find a group of people to make music with there. Oh, and I also did this really, I, I have not talked about this in a while. So I just got onto a subway and showed up at the rehearsal for this avant-garde theater company. And I was like, yeah. I was like, hi, I am here from Canada. Can I please be in your play? And this they was let in me. France. Yes, this is in France. Yeah, I. It was the outfit was called Complex Carf- Carfaneum, and they were mm. rehearsing in this giant hangar that had been, you know, used in the Second World War for troops, and it was it was fun. It was very like we just like for the show we just mm. walked around, and then I had a certain tick that I would do, and then the tick had to get like bigger and bigger. <laughs> And then all of a sudden we made a line and we all like crossed. And so like all the audience had to like run away to, like, to make room. And we're all just like striding. Anyways, so yeah, it was, it was an exciting time. It definitely opened me up uh, artistically mm-hmm. because they are really into, they're good at art in France and they support it. Like their whole system for, you know, it's a little more socialist, I would say, even mm. than Canada. So Even though, yeah. Yeah, in wow. terms of like giving money to art and... You know, you just, I think you just go to the post office to apply for grants or I don't know. Anyways, it was what? like that when yeah. I was there. <laughs> but So then when I came back, yeah, I was ready for something. And then just like Toronto in the 2000s was indie rock. Like I had this one friend, Eugene Slinomarov, shout out to Eugene. And he, uh, he came from Russia and he was a modern dancer and he started an indie rock band once he got there. <laughs> like, like everyone just started a band. Like it was just... <laughs> That was what you did. So, yeah. But I, I was not showing my own music. I actually don't think I really found my voice till I moved to Halifax. Because oh. it was just a bit, like, quieter here. And I wasn't always supporting other people's amazing stuff, which mm. was fun. But I would I feel like I would drown a little bit in just, like, there was just so much good talent around me. Like, like I would go to, like, early Owen Pallet shows and just, like, be in awe. And so, yeah. I think once I moved here. What made you decide to move? I kept dreaming about the ocean. Oh. That's like literally, and and there was this big sparkly purple boat. Which boat? And I was, no, in the dream. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I was supposed to get in it. And I was like in the swamp and I had this like sword. Okay! I can't I'm telling you this. Yeah, and I'm like going through and I just, and I can see it. And then I would like get on and I've never had recurring dreams, but this one kept happening and yeah. I was like. Okay. And like the boat was going to Halifax? Well, the boat was like probably in the harbor. I didn't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was like it was in the ocean. And, yeah. And then I actually did think too, I was like, well, if I move near to, nearer to Iceland, maybe I'll go there more often, which has happened to a degree. Like I've been back and forth a bit. 
Yeah, so, but it was a bit on a bit of a whim. And when I, did you move? Uh, it was uh, 2007. Okay. And my like, friend, yeah. you had done your translation business by then? Yeah, but I brought it with me. Okay. That's the only way I could move. Because mm. like, you know, often people want to stay here, but it's hard to find a job, and mm. at least at first. So I had all my clients still in like Europe and Toronto and California, and I could just stay in Halifax. So how would your business work? It was so easy back then. You just put up an ad on Kijiji. I'm not even joking. And then like, like I had like an oil company head guy contact me once. Oh, Whoa. no, that was, what's the other one? Not Kijiji. It starts with a C. Like that other, you know, they use it in the States. Anyways, whatever. Craigslist. Was, yes, it was Craigslist. I posted on Craigslist that I ran a translation company. Whoa. And I would just get clients. Like it was, it was good. It was a good lesson in just like tell the world that you're a thing. And mm. I mean, you know, I had the skill set. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I just brought it with me. That allowed so, me to So like that, that saying your document and you just make it French? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and like formatted, and yeah, it was a lot of like fast turnaround stuff. The economy was in expansion mode. So, still, the, so. it's basically a lot of typing, or yeah, it was a lot of screen time. Mm. That's one of the reasons I didn't stick with translation, even though it's a good, it's a very good career. Uh, but yeah, you do spend a lot of time just like alone with the screen. So. And like, would the pay be per word, or how does that? Yeah, work? yeah oh, per oh, word. Oh. Mm. I know, right? Nice. Super good. Super good. <laughs> So, so you yeah. just think that would would the word be? <laughs> here's the thing though: would it be the word in French or in English? Oh right, right, right. Okay, I need to remember my good. Okay, so so English tends to be more concise, so it's it's probably better to quote for the French, but you don't know what the word count's going to be for the destination language, mm. so you usually have to go with the language it's starting in. And so then you just kind of calibrate for the fact that... <laughs> so say, I send you a document, it's 1,000 English yeah. words. Yeah. You'd say like, one, uh, how many... What are the, the rates vary so much. Like that was one of the reasons that I knew to start the business because my friend was working for a big firm in Toronto and she noticed how much they would charge the client and how little they were paying the translators. Oh. And she was like, and there's room for like a boutique translation business that can pay its translators more and charge the clients less. So yeah, I was inhabiting that sort of middle. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. It was good. It kept me afloat for <laughs> a long time. Actually, I made enough money right before the crash in 2007. Uh, I made so much money that I just coasted on it for the rest of the year and made a musical comedy act. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. That is a true, that's a true statement. What is it called? What was um, it called? So that one is Anna DeNova. And it is on the internet. It's like a little bit dormant, but people still are like, hey, how's my favorite comedian doing? Like, so like, like what, what, what would you do? What okay. was the show? Okay. That one... I can't believe I'm going to say this. Okay, so when I first moved to Halifax, yeah. I was obsessed. Well, I was obsessed with Trailer Park Boys, but I was also obsessed with The Flight of the Concords. And um, this jazz musician in town, whose name I'm not going to say, mm-hmm. ever, um, <laughs> kind of broke my heart. Like, we were jamming together, but it was just clear that... And, like, anyways, I found out he had a girlfriend, and I was just like, ah, this sucks. So, mm. But instead of getting sad about it, I decided to channel it into comedic art. And that time I had decided, oh, I'm not doing music. Like I was actually on a break from music after I moved from Toronto to here. I was just like, that's it. Like I need to clear my head. Mm-hmm. So I was just like going on hikes and hanging out with these really awesome friends of mine. They're um, from Finland. They were here for a while and they were so zany. So they were kind of bringing that out in me too. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I am going to be 
the female Canadian version of Jemaine Clement from from Flight of the Concords. Like that was my goal. Okay. And I legitimately was partly doing it because I thought, well, musical comedy is a really small niche. So like if I got anywhere with it, maybe I could meet him. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, like he's the only, only celebrity where I like pretty much cried the day I found out he got married. <laughs> I was so upset. I was so upset. Anyway, so, um, yeah, and those I definitely wrote only for myself. Like, that mm-hmm. was a very pure project where I was just, like, in my room writing these funny songs, like, to, for me. They were funny for me. Mm-hmm. And then that turned out to be probably one of the more known things that I've done in my life once I started to share it like it just shows like if you make art that is truly like that you like and it's Mm. for you and there's no other motivation around it people often want to see that like Mm. it's it was really showing something in myself that I hadn't shown before so yeah that was really fun I was on a Anna DeNova tear for about five years nice I would go to New York City and like do these really hard open mics where like everyone was kind of brutal on you but then coming back it was like ooh, i did it i can feel this room yeah like i would do a show like yeah i remember way mason like put me on something for his nscc class and i was just like mm, on my hand like but yeah but i had earned it like i had just done like 10 days of like multiple open mics every yeah. night wow <laughs> that's a, that's brutal it was it was i got a taste and mm. and people were like stay in new york city but like i didn't sleep like that thing about not sleeping mm. i didn't sleep for 10 days and i got back and i was like whoa i'm not sure i could actually do the pace like i'm just kind of mm. sensitive so but it was awesome. It was good. It was a very good experience. Okay. Yeah. So, so Anna Denova happened. <laughs> yeah. And then um, when did you decide, like, going back to right. music? Well, that was yeah. music, but, like, it music was, music. It was. But you know the thing is, and mm. I've, I've said this before, but um, it, you only will get a compliment for being funny. Really? <laughs> if you sing funny songs. Oh. It doesn't matter how well you sang them. Like, <laughs> it's just gotta be funny and that's you know that's what they're there for and which is fine and so yeah like writing that line you know and I think now there's a lot more women in comedy doing music but it was just like a weird thing like Mm. I would show up with my keyboard at like an open mic and they're like what are you doing like (laughs) first of all you're not standing up like what is like this is not stand up but yeah it was it was fun I uh I kind of I pulled back well I met my now ex-husband, a wonderful man named Ryan Beltmeyer, who I'm sure you know yeah, quite well. Yeah, super cool. He's super yeah. tall, too. Yeah, yeah. And he, another musician, and he actually was part of that project. And also, he and I started a serious band together called Mother of Oh, Girl. I thought that was the name of the band. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, I'm definitely starting a band called Serious Band. Check my links later because that's amazing. <laughs> my Serious Band. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, so it was it was called Mother, Mother of Girl and I, it was a very experimental kind of like lots of improv And I was doing stuff with Upstream Orchestra. And that was really fun. And I did actually sing some Icelandic for that project. But it would just be like one folk song, like at the beginning of the set. So when did you start learning that language? Oh, I went there for six months before 
uh, right after undergrad, I had gone for six months to study Icelandic in Reykjavik Mm. and also sing in their national opera, (laughs) like in the chorus, in the chorus. But it was, yeah, it was great. That is awesome. That was a really... Yeah, that felt good. And so I got good at pronouncing the language. But then for about, you know, 10 years, I've just been like, What does that Which mean? Which means I'm learning to speak Icelandic. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, that means, come here. That's what like, the little kids are staying with this family. Me. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to go back to Norse, man. But that's oh, yeah, the accent of the show. Nice, that, nice. But, they, but, they, but they speak English in oh, that yeah. accent. Oh, and. And uh, come here. Yeah, exactly. are, are you coming here today? Yeah. Because we want to see you and we want to give you some coffee. That is no smell like you. You'd have a character in the show. I swear to you. I'm so good at audition. <laughs> no, I'm going to send them some songs. I'll be like, please. I'll be your Icelandic Canadian goddess of music. Okay. I'm yeah. so watching that show. No, it's really good. I'm it's really good. Like, and and yes. the thing about it is it's short enough you can watch it because okay. each episode is like, 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, and, like, I think each season is, like, maybe 10 episodes or six, something like this. Yeah, Anyways, for, like, like you could... pressed for time exactly. society. Exactly. I don't even go to movies anymore. I'm like, that's a long time. <laughs> like, but I like movies. Like, I'll just, like, watch it while I'm doing some mid-man or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so, so, you started Model of Girl, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that You, you mentioned that you, like, would perform with an orchestra, or...? Yeah, so, Paul Cram was the director of upstream um uh, orchestra at the time and he was running lucas pierce now runs the festival open waters mm-hmm. um and but it was paul then and so actually lucas pierce would play on mother of girl uh, shows and yeah at one point they assembled like jordy haley was playing there was like a bunch of guys and it was an interesting hybrid where it would start with like a pop song riff or something like i'm trying to think i can't even no i won't sing some for you right now but and then there'd be like a big um just like wild improvisation in the middle and then it would come back to the pop aesthetic yeah so i was trying to give people an emotional hook to hold on to that then was like the reason for the improvisation and then yeah tied up did you write the songs Mm -hmm. yeah yeah oh yeah okay i'm thinking of one okay so there's one for instance where i'd be at the grand piano just like pounding away and it's like i'm okay with everything come closer while our bodies dissolve and it's like like super like like and and i would just like go for it and then and then all of these different instruments would just like wail like it was a good it was really cathartic and fun wow i liked it how many people (laughs) like um that's crazy. <laughs> How was the re- recording sessions for, like, did you I have an mean, album or? I never seem to record. I've done so many genres of music. Okay, well, when I sang in the Icelandic opera, mm-hmm. we recorded uh, Mendelssohn's Elijah, so I'm on that CD. <laughs> but I don't, and the Airfields have a couple of CDs that I'm on, but I don't know why. For some reason, I always just, like, because I get so much from performing live mm-hmm. and um, a trained voice is sometimes tough in the studio. In what way? So, well, <clears throat> it's just harder to record. Like What? What does that, like, uh, what do you mean? So, for instance, like, Renee Fleming, who's, like, the main, or one of the main operatic singers in America, when, like, she'll do albums sometimes and I've watched the interviews and she's kind of under singing. And, like, it's just, like, 
doing like traditional, I guess, like Italian bel canto was designed how many centuries like before technology so so it's too loud for this thing it's kind of it's a lot and and there's certain people that know how to do it like uh i don't know i just haven't yeah i just never you know what i'm gonna record next week (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be fun i am going to record next week (laughs) with the amazing sound guy from mosaic festival bryce because mm. we had a really great vibe, and he was like, hey, like, do you have a studio? And I was like, no. And he's like, you should come record. So, yeah. So I'll have something. But... Okay, cool. So here's here's one for you, though. Okay. Like, when you say voice training, because you yeah. do this since you were six or something, yeah. what what does that involve? Like, do you just, like... Scales. <laughs> do do re mi fa so... That's it. And then up a semitone. Uh, or like how does Pavarotti he has one like and then you do that on like every single sepi tone here's the one though when they they say sing from your tummy what the what what do they mean because I don't understand Uh, it well it's good singing is from your lower gut but like there's nothing like <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I'm so like it all starts there. Like it's like once it gets to the throat. So that's like are like, you like contracting? That's the or? byproduct. Um you fill your stomach as though it were a balloon is one way to think about it, and then you kind of press out. <laughs> I don't, like I'm just I'm just you asked. Like, like that's what you do. It's, so yeah. like they're like, Oh, don't sing from here. I'm yeah, like, no, from here. From here. What, what can you it's tell so when someone is singing yes. from yes oh you can oh yes oh okay it's and and singing should never hurt like if if someone's singing and they get pain it means that they're probably like if so the vocal cords are so delicate and they're going back and forth together many times a second i think it's like thousands of times a second for the higher notes so if you're not supporting it from here these um muscles will take over to protect it instead but then yeah you'll get tension and pain so one of the like the the best voices to me yeah. you know, on my trained experience yeah, yeah. is this guy from Lincoln Park. He's dead oh, now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chester, can't remember oh, his last yeah. name. Thank you. Chester Beddington. Yes, yes. He he will sing like beautiful and he'll scream <laughs> and they'll sing like beautiful. How do you do that? Yeah. Like, cause like. It's about breath control. It's. I'll, okay, I'll tell you another train singer thing. So underneath whatever's happening, there's just the stream of air, like the like that's one of the warm up exercises. You just like you just do a stream of air, like just like. Oh my god! And then you go to sing the note, and you think about that stream of air, and you don't change it because there's always. Um, there's often an impulse to push the air when you go for a higher note. So yeah. Like, to kind of go like, like, oh, and yeah. like push it. But it's it sounds nicer. Everyone can feel it when you keep it even. So like, oh, oh, and I'm just thinking about the like, the whole time. So, yeah. Oh, man. Just like this little. Yeah. Like he do that thing. I'm like, he'll go like, and then like, yeah. That's a gift. Janis Joplin is another person who can like go from like big to small. Mm. I don't know if anyone else has pulled off that degree of it. Like I can't. I try singing along, but you have to be careful not to like hurt your voice. But if if your body's fully committed, like she's like 
jumping along with her band and yeah she can just like yeah like you know because like um, how i know that i'm singing not from my tummy is because like if i try to do what that guy does like in Mm -hmm. two seconds he hurts yeah you can feel it yeah Yeah, it hurts like but i'm like so what do you do for you so you should stop and take a deep breath (laughs) (laughs) and hum I'm going to give you some singing lessons yes, right, right yes, now. Yes, yeah. yes, So yes. you hum, and you can even just, like, sit in a chair. Like, I study um, with Janice Jackson, an amazing singer in town. And she'd be like, and just sit in a chair and just hum and try- see how low in the body you can get the sound. Like, picture it in your legs. Like, breathe up through the soles of your feet and then just, like... It's mm-hmm. almost like you're doing yoga. Yeah, there's an element. But it's a little bit more active because sometimes I would come in and I'd kind of go into yoga mode and she'd call me on it. She'd be like, no, like, Anne, like, look up. Because like, like, I'd be kind of like going really in and just like, mm. she's like, no. Like, because you have to like give, but it needs to be as stable as yoga gives you, but then giving it all out to everyone. Okay, like, here's the move. thing, though. Like, you've been doing this thing for years and years and years and you're mm-hmm. still doing it. Like, does it ever stop? Uh, learning how to sing. Yeah. Never ever like that would be dangerous if i thought that i had learned everything like i'm here now that's when you're done like (laughs) that's like the moment like it's all about it's such a humble art form because you can do an amazing show and then Mm. you just get up the next morning and like things have subtly shifted or (laughs) you know or like your coach hears it and is like whoa what was that transition and you're like i know i'm sorry like (laughs) i totally like didn't keep it smooth from my like chest voice to my head voice or yeah no it's endless which is why it's so fascinating because the deeper and the more work you put in, the more you'll get out of it. And it's just like, it's like this like infinity hole that you can go down into. And the payoff is that if you do all your technical work, then you can forget about it enough to serve the emotion on stage. So, so yeah, the really Mosaic fun. Festival, how did that happen? Oh, that was so nice. Glenda Burroughs, who is running the uh, Icelandic Historical Society of Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. which exists because a few Icelanders came and tried to set up um, log cabins in Markland. Uh, but it was a really tough settlement, so they weren't there for long. Uh, but there is now a little log cabin there, which I sang at the dedication for several years ago now. Mm. Uh, so I think uh, Eleanor from Mosaic Fest had reached out to her to see if there's any Icelandic singers around. And she's like, well, there just so happens <laughs> to be a certain person who, like, sang the national anthem at our log cabin ceremony. So, yeah, that was really nice of Glenda. And uh, once I was connected with Eleanor and then I was like, oh, okay, I could – because I tend to – I would tend to just put a little bit of my Icelandicness in on the edges mm. of something else that I was doing. But then this was the first time where I was like, okay this is me like Mm. this is actually me and i went a couple summers ago back to um iceland and i went to borkanes which is the small town that my great grandfather great great grandfather helgi had come from Mm -hmm. so i like sat there i looked at the stone pier that they got on the boat first they went to scotland actually and then they came to canada so it was like a lot of voyaging on the sea and uh yeah i was just feeling more ready to claim it and uh then I'm not even sure how the idea came about to like write my own original songs in Icelandic. Like that was like more into the process. Like at first I was just going to do some folk songs, mm. but then I was like, mm, what could I do? Like, I, was just <laughs> like, I don't know. I just wanted to mix it up. So mm. yeah. And uh, I've known Mars, the, the advocate for a while. He mm. makes such great beats. 
I knew him when I was doing Youth Art Connection with Ryan, and he would come to the hub. And he had, like, reached out now and again after I wasn't working at Yak anymore, just being like, hey, what's up? So so I asked him if he would make some beats, and I explained to him the project. And it's just one of those things where, like, it actually all came together. Like, I surprised myself on the stage. I was a bit like, oh, what's this? What's this going to give? <laughs> like, mm. But I ran it by some uh, friends beforehand, and they were like, oh, yeah, you should, like, speak some of it. And then start singing. So I did a mix, which I haven't done before. Mm. Yeah, I felt good. If, and then doing the Bjork covers is like a masterclass in good singing. Because... There is a song that that lady does yeah. called Tabula Rasa. Oh. Do you know this song? I actually don't. Okay, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so okay. beautiful. So like, okay. you know, what? Uh, one of the things that whenever I want to write, I'm like always listening to music. Mm, okay. And, like, I don't really get writer's block, and it sounds mm. cheesy when I say that, but sometimes I'm like, uh, maybe I'm not just in the mood to write. Yeah. So, like, when I get there, if I listen to that song, like, it just pours out. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, Tabula Rasa by okay. Bjork. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Or with an like, Icelandic accent, Bjork. Bjork. <laughs> Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> I remember, like I like that song so much. Um, mm. I have my other podcast with my friends called okay. Ataraxia, oh, and yeah, one of right. the episode is literally called Tabula Rasa, and Ooh. that episode was written based on this song. Okay. It's like yeah, I'm yeah, she's like so good. Yes. She's like so good. She she is the reason she's such a unique voice is that i actually found this out recently she was going to classical training but she was kind of rebelling against it and she would just go and walk in the wilderness alone in iceland and just make sounds with her voice like and so it's like she had like all of nature to commune with Mm. and i'm learning a lot about singing from like singing along with her like i've been finding some places that i didn't realize i had um in my voice so yeah, I'm definitely going to keep learning more and more of her stuff just to see if I can get inside of... Like, there's certain sounds... Bjork is not covered very often because... I mean... <laughs> it's like... What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you really going to so, do? <laughs> so, it was good. I like the fact that I managed to do two of them, you know? Like, I was like... Yeah, oh. no. I think if you listen to Tabula Rasa, you're, yeah, okay. you're, you're going to put it in your repertoire for sure. It's, it's awesome. like so beautiful. That's the next one I'll learn. <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful. That's so um, So, you, the, the performance was great. It was streamed live. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I felt it was good about it. chilly day, though. It was, although I was in the afternoon. Oh. And so the sun was still out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was so okay. you balanced it out. I was fine. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, apart from the recording that you're going to be doing with Bryce, what yeah. are some other things you're working on now? Well, I have another live show I just confirmed with my friend Mark Bashinsky. I don't know if you know him. He used to tour with Classified as the drummer. Oh. And he has a really nice backyard that he set up for live shows. I used to do fundraisers there with him, actually, for The Spot, which was that mental wellness kind of art thing happening on, at the pavilion. Mm. And so that on the eve of Halloween, yeah. we're going to call it All Hallows' Eve Show and Sauna with Anne Helga. <laughs> Sauna. Yeah, there's a there's a sauna in his backyard too. <laughs> so, 
We're just like mixing it up. Like it's an experience. Like mm. saunas are very Scandinavian. So yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it kind yeah, of fits yeah, the theme. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited for that. And uh, my friend uh, Margot, who she's Margot Cocaine on Instagram, and she's the reason I'm looking a little bit better these days. Like these are her boots. Like, <laughs> like, so she, I'm hoping she'll style me for that. And I just want to do like this really spooky, like just like. I don't know. It'll be like the Halloween incarnation of the Icelandic goddess, you know, with like with hip hop beats. Like I feel oh. like this is this is the combination. Like I'm a hip hop Freya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I say I watch Norseman too much. I'm so- <laughs> <laughs> you named that. Okay. Can I quote you in like my bio? Yes, now? you can. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I watch so too much good. of that show. So good. <laughs> okay. Um, but so, like, yeah. I, I, so that's coming up. Like, like, <laughs> October. 30th yeah the friday before halloween yeah. i was like oh, i'm not gonna compete with all the halloween parties mm. but it's like the warm-up like come to the show just like chill out have a sauna <laughs> so that's fun yeah. that's something i'm working on and then other than that yeah i just want to like apply now for all the festivals that will happen next year oh geez Hopefully. like how do you feel about corona happened like were you lined up for some festivals you see already so strange i did not apply that much and then i was like did i just have like an intuition (laughs) (laughs) because like even like i didn't apply again to jazz fest like andrew jackson's actually my upstairs neighbor he's so great (laughs) he's so awesome we talk about doing shows in the backyard at our Mm. place um but uh yeah i hadn't applied for that much i just i kind of I don't know. I'm going through like different transition stuff with like what I want to do for my career. Like I just started writing audiobooks as like a thing, like nonfiction ones. So I'm kind of seeing where that's going to go. And I was just working on a lot of personal stuff. So I find like I, I do a push with my music and then I have to like kind of like hide again, <laughs> mm. which I'm going to try to not do as much. Like I've been trying to understand why I get like that. But it's just like, you know, I was the shy girl in high school like I would like whisper a joke to someone that was more outgoing and they would say it and get the laugh like like I was just so Mm -hmm. it's been a lot too but I'm so grateful for performing and music because it does allow me to be seen and Mm. and then suddenly like if if I do a show where I'm really showing myself then afterwards people will be like they'll want to get to know me and I'm like oh I just I was so reserved you didn't know I was like that (laughs) you just didn't know and I was like okay so yeah, so we'll see. So I think once it hit, like for introverts, I've heard it said it wasn't as hard, the lockdown. I mean, it was still very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and scary. Like it's just been a hard, like such a hard year. Mm. Um, but also like shocking and exciting year with the social movement. So I don't know. Like I feel like everything's so, it's like everything's shaken up in a way that we can like remold the world, hopefully in mm. a better line. So yeah, so I just I just stayed at home and quietly like drank tea and wrote poetry and just you know I have a cat now like, <laughs> it's like a new thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna let you go without you performing at least one song. Ooh, okay. Okay. I I, I want to clear all this crazy and then have you do your thing. Thank you so much, and oh, Helga. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank I, I'm you, serious. You, you should get it like a character so in Norse man, because like okay, like like I'm gonna phone them up. I'm gonna start <laughs> tagging them. Yeah, every post I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Thank guys. you so much for coming today. Thank you. It's so fun.
bara ta snärt till Gudfina.